This is TDPS. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Do you have a question or comment about this podcast? Then come share it with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dinner party show, no spaces, and we'll do our best to answer it on the show. Just watch out for our aggrieved manservant, Shea Butters. He moderates the page and he's been known to talk smack about the two of us. Most of what he says about you is true, though. We can discuss this later. That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. And today we will be doing an entire episode about my snagged fingernail, which is driving me crazy and making my life a living hell. If you're Buy just an emery us, board. We... End of episode. Right. Wait, wait, wait. What is that? What is a memory board? An emery board. A memory board. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm drunk today. A memory I got drunk board is before. what's in your computer, I think. No, that's a motherboard. Um, an emery board is what they used to call, I don't know what they call them now, but it, it's a sort of... It's like a, uh, uh, it's like a, I guess it's super fine, like sandpaper stuck to a piece a of cardboard. A nail file. Yeah. A nail file. It's a nail file, but it's not metal. It's, it's like paper and, and it just has a very fine sort of, but you can sort of take the edges off of snagged fingernails and such. Anyway, I don't want to talk about your snagged fingernails. The holidays are coming, Christopher. It's that magical yes, time are. of the year. I need to start decorating for... <laughs> The Greater Christmasville, and I need to, like, there's so much to do, except uh, not, because what the hell happened yeah. to the world? What are we going to do for the holidays? Say, are you going to have the holidays the way you usually have the holidays? I think that's actually going to be the topic of this episode. How are you celebrating the holidays during the end of the world as we know it? How and now, Chuck, holiday? You are, you are Mr. Mr. Christmas. So Mr. Christmas. What is this gonna what is this gonna look like in your house? I it is really you know, I have to say because I am Mr. Christmas, um mm-hmm. uh Queen Christmas might be a better um because I am Christmas Queen, um I have been thinking about it for a while because it became clear, you know, after we completely bungled the uh coping with um the situation in this country (laughs) like did random things with testing and like i was all like i just i've been sitting on the sidelines going um you haven't done anything different how are you expecting any different results and over and over we've done the same thing anyway it has become clear that what we're going to have very likely is not the typical holiday we've already sort of canceled agreed to cancel um thanksgiving and it really isn't looking great for for christmas either but at the same time you know one of my great joys there's greater christmasville what what's to all right but wait it? tell everybody what greater christmasville is if this is their for they might be joining us oh my god time. what is well, greater if, christmasville if you're new to um the the dinner party tdps and the dinner party show and a new party person, you can actually go to the dinner party. The, the Greater Christmasville has its own Facebook page. Um, so you can look it up on Facebook or you can look it up on YouTube. There are lots of videos of Greater Christmasville posted, but it is my years ago. 
I started collecting these little kind of not with any big plan in mind, but these little uh, light up Christmas village. They're kind of lanterns. They're sort of decorations, but they light up and they look like little houses with snow on the roof and whatever. I started in a small way, but then it was me. So that didn't last. So it started out as sort of the idea of a Christmas village to be under the tree. But then it grew completely out of control and took over my whole house. And it didn't seem really appropriate to call um, to call it a Christmas village anymore. And uh, we, we toyed with calling it uh, Christmas Urban Sprawl, but that didn't have the same kind of poetry mm-hmm. of uh, Christmas Village. So we've cut, we settled on Greater Christmasville, which is this sort of undertaking that I uh, participate in every year where I build this huge village that takes over a sizable portion of my house also under the tree. It starts under the tree, but then it spreads to take over a lot more of the house than just that. But this year, like, I can't really see, I don't know how the tree thing's going to work. I can't, I've only been out of the house long enough to get a flu shot since. Well, right. And, and let's talk about that with people. Cause like a lot of the episodes we've produced during the COVID pandemic are designed to live forever. And they've been true crime TV club or what science or what's spooky. And they're all there, but we haven't really been topical for that reason. But I think in this episode, we're going to get a little topical. What has your life been like since the first shelter at home order came down, which I believe was around your birthday, March yeah, 16th, the world closed on my birthday. We were supposed to have, a joint birthday dinner on the 14th of March, which we canceled. And that Monday was my birthday and the world closed. So mm-hmm. we were recording this show when the last time I, I, I saw you in person before the shit hit the fan, we were in the studio. Brandon yeah. was there with us. We've been recording remotely ever since we've been using FaceTime and GarageBand and all sorts of other things to record from home and edit it together. So yeah. And then we, and then we were supposed to have our birthday dinner that night and then we just went home and stayed there. I mean, that's really, we work from that's, home anyway. And as I always tell people, really the biggest sacrifice I've made is that initially everyone started ordering their groceries on online. I've all, I've been ordering my groceries online for years, so it was not really a new thing. But because the online people weren't really ready for it, it kind of made it a huge hassle to schedule online grocery delivery so that was my huge sacrifice to um, the quarantining or whatever you want to call it, because everything else has pretty much been my life. My office is right down the road. We've managed to do this remotely. So rather than go the three blocks to the studio that I would have gone, I just stay home and do the recording. But it's pretty close to being similar. And I miss meeting people for lunch and um, the gym is closed, and so mm-hmm. that's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. I've bought a treadmill because mm-hmm. I tried to go walk, and there would be fires, and then you couldn't breathe outside, and the air quality mm-hmm. was negative, and then it would be 1,000 degrees outside because global warming and a climate change or whatever you want to call it, and summer just won't seem won't quit. And so I finally sort of completely adapted to doing everything inside except where I had to go and get a flu shot. Mm -hmm. But, um, but getting in the car and going to 
Santa Monica and picking out a Christmas tree and then having it delivered to the house just seems like it's not going to happen. So, yeah. But talk to us some about what Greater Christmasville actually looks like, because Greater Christmasville can happen on some level without the Christmas tree standing in the middle of it, right? Well, and that's part of it. I knew that I could do the village because it's it's comprised of there's um, Bedford Falls, um, which is from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I'm a huge fan. And then mm-hmm. there's the actual Christmas village. And then there's a sort of Victorian downtown that has kind of evolved more recently. There's also Christmas in New York and little bits of the remainder of uh, Mistletoe Mountain, which was... Uh, animated uh, part of the the village that has slowly died over the years because I it wasn't really possible to maintain and the equipment inside of it sort of eventually wore out and so there were used to be snow skiers there's still ice skaters which is what all of this started out to be about was getting ice skaters to put under the tree um, anyway so all of those things and then they're all laid out on banks of snow i've got tons of uh glimmer snow in there in storage i bought i buy years in advance because you never know when it is and is not going to be available so i've been i've stocked up i cornered the market on glimmer snow um (laughs) you're a glimmer snow hoarder that's really kind of true anyway so the snow goes out and i put out a bunch of gift boxes to create the hills and then the snow goes over the top of that and the houses all sort of, you know, poke up through the snow and they all light up. And this year I have gotten fairy trees. Um, I what found are those? Online. They're, um, they're not Christmas trees. I would get a full bore um, artificial tree if I had any place to store one the rest of the year. The big problem for me... The village takes up an, my only really storage space in the apartment. And so where I would keep one of those giant uh, artificial trees the rest of the year, I, I don't know. They're they're huge. They look great, but they're still huge even after they, air quotes, fold up. Air mm-hmm. quotes. Um, mm-hmm. So I found these trees that are just really lights on wires all the branches are just wires that have lights built into them and they sort of fold flat up against like an umbrella they fold flat up against a pole that you know you screw several of the poles together and then screw them into a base and then fold all the branches down and fluff them up and then poof you have a sort of tree that is comprised mostly of light I don't know if I'll Mm -hmm. be able to hang anything on it or not. So they'll sort of be under lighted bare trees. We'll see how it turns out. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually do it um, after Thanksgiving and post um, for on Christmas Eve. So we'll see. We'll see how the timing Uh, works out. I'm going to make you go deep here for a minute because I think this is some where we are going to get. We asked you, our party people on Facebook, how you are going to be spending these holidays given these crazy, strange times that we're living through. And we're going to get to your answers. But I think that Eric around the holidays tends to touch on philosophies of self-reliance. That's what I'm going to call it. Because there was a moment where when, early in our friendship, you, when I first met you, you didn't really get your own Christmas tree. And then you came to a decision. And it had more. it had to do with more than just Christmas. 
It was more sort of like a, I don't know, a self-actualization thing. Talk to our listeners about that, Eric Shark. <laughs> Well, you, it really is interesting now that you mention it, right? I've known you for, as of this recording, I've known you for like about 18 years, right? About that, right? A Maybe more, a little like longer. A little Maybe longer. almost 19, yeah. Little. It's been a while. Um, but when we first got to be friends, yeah, I had never gotten, I never really got Christmas trees. Um, I did sort of... Um, abstract kind of treatments of them and because i was always waiting for that special day when there was mm-hmm. someone to go with me to get a mm-hmm. christmas tree and then i one day i was in my 40s and i went you better go get yourself a christmas tree he may not be coming <laughs> <laughs> if you want a christmas tree you should go get you one because i don't i'm not sure that <laughs> I'm not sure where he is, but he is late and um, it would be nice to have a Christmas tree. So I kind of started doing it. And then I went home and my little nephew, who is now a grown man, um, was um, very, was enamored of this little Christmas village piece that my um, mom had around her house. And so I endeavored to begin collecting up little villages for him and wanted one that had ice skaters in it. And so I found this village and started ordering. It was just sort of this series of kind of random events that have evolved into this sort of enormous undertaking that I love, you know, like I I like that other people like greater Christmas bill, but I get to live in greater Christmasville every year. And I really Mm -hmm. do it for me. I love doing it. I keep it up for, um, well into January every year because it's lovely and fun and why wouldn't I? You know, I, I I think and this year more than ever when it doesn't look like anything is really going to be possible. Like I'll send a few things out to to people, but probably by way of Amazon because there's no wrapping stuff up and taking it to the the uh, mailboxes plus or anything like everything is, um, you know, everything is sort of on pause this year. So what are we going to do? It's going to be an interesting challenge. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I discovered that it was the first time my first year in Los Angeles was the first time I had ever actually not gone home for Christmas. And I was really sort of I was blue and crying and being all upset for weeks in advance. And then Christmas came and I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there was no fighting and no arguing and nobody made anybody cry. And like, it was like, Oh wow. This is, this is actually maybe less terrible than, um, than I had thought. And my mom, I, in a moment of, uh, a savant genius actually said to me, well, there comes a time when you have to say for you that you're already home for Christmas. I mean, this is my home. My parents Mm -hmm. live on the other side of the country and I haven't lived there for 30 years or more. Like, why would that be home for Christmas? This is home. So Mm -hmm. I am home for Christmas. And so I think if the holidays are about celebrating the life you actually have, then maybe this year is an opportunity more than most to celebrate just being, if for nothing else, just being alive, but celebrating the life that's really um, under your tree. Thank you.
I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric and I aren't just podcasters. And bitches. That's right. We're also authors. And you can buy all of our books at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv and wherever ebooks are sold. At thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv, you can check out my Right Murder mystery series. Or sample my Burning Girl thrillers. The best part is, the more you buy our books, the less likely we'll end up filling the spot with an annoying ad for a napkin that counts your calories. The TDPS Network, alienating potential advertisers one promo at a time. Uh, well, here's where I am with the whole holiday during the apocalypse. Well, you never thing, do anything we'll for the holidays. I, that's exactly it. I don't. I am completely reliant on my mother for her holiday celebration. I have the holidays with her. You come with us. She gets a tree. I've never gotten a tree in my home. I and so I either have an opera. I'm either going to miss out entirely on any sort of celebration because we. I haven't seen my mother since the pandemic started, and don't plan to anytime soon. Although we talk on a regular basis, but I have an opportunity for my first time for the first time excuse me to do a holiday thing and chances are I'm not going to take it so let's get into our Facebook responses (laughs) from our party people (laughs) well you know you might want to think about it we'll talk about it we'll December's a ways off I always go right after Thanksgiving so I have less time than you we're looking at yeah that's next week but um I think, or close to that. It's a week, a little more than a week away, um, yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I—that's when I usually get started. So you know, time's a wasting. I've got all these fairy trees stuffed behind a chair in my bedroom, ready I, to go. I, I and tell you, Eric, and a village to exciting. put up. It's exciting to watch you at the holidays, but it's also exhausting because you do—you exhaust yourself. There's a lot that in a normal holiday season, it's like a schedule. It's like oh yeah. You know, That first week after Thanksgiving is always a bit brutal, but since I'm not, I'm probably going to do it all through the week of Thanksgiving so that Thanksgiving day will probably for me be um, the village lighting, you know, so Mm -hmm. that it's all up and set because it's all already here. The tree's not going to go bad. Um, Yes. And so why not? So the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page will obviously be where we have uh, all the latest images of Greater Christmasville, which we've discussed at length on this podcast, and the shape that it will be taking this strange, changed holiday season. So we asked you on Facebook, how are you celebrating? I like that. Strange, strange changed change holiday season. Yes. Sounds like a David Byrne album from it's you know the be, ni- early 90s or late 80s. It's going to be our Christmas song that we retire on, like... The royalties from All I Want for Christmas is You that apparently support Mariah Carey in the style to which she has become accustomed. I'm all for that. Let's get some songs and some royalties. All right, but first, let's go to what our party people had to say on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page. Right, maybe they'll have some suggestions for you, The TDPS network stands for The Dinner Party Show, in case you're curious. So I just wanted to throw that in. Okay, Amy Bellino, our Florida correspondent, says, When my daughter-in-law asked, I instinctively said we'd come up to their house for turkey. It's our turn. We swap holidays with my husband's ex-wife. It's her year to share Christmas with them, so we get Thanksgiving. The grandkids won't start attending school until second semester, which is after Christmas. They're doing online education for now. Their mom allows the kids to have a very small social circle due to a close friend being at high risk for COVID. 
Once the kids return to school, they won't be allowed to socialize with that friend until there is a vaccine. Yikes. I feel that we'll be safe visiting them, but everyone will have to self-isolate for two weeks once the holiday is over. That's just the way it is until we have a vaccine. Oh, my so God. seems to be a strategy that a lot of people are taking. And this is not – this is going to be a judgment-free episode. We're not bringing up people's strategies for coping with COVID to editorialize on them necessarily, although we will probably talk about what we've done and what we're doing. But this idea of doing things that may be high risk and then isolating for two weeks – is something that a lot of people seem to be doing. I know it's something people are doing after travel, specifically airplane travel. You know, yeah, it's like, I, you know, I guess it's sensible, but it's it's like, you know, it's like crapshoot for the holidays. Like, mm-hmm. because the 14-day isolation period is about saying, accepting that, yes, I have accepted a certain amount of measured risk and... Mm-hmm may come down with COVID as a result of doing that. Whereas if I hadn't done anything, I I don't know. It is a tough call. Do you simply opt out of life events or do you accept a certain measure of risk? I have thought a great deal of the AIDS um, epidemic and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the days of that, because there was a certain amount like, well, you're there's, are we going to have a cure? We'll never have a cure. What's, are we willing to never have sex again? Or are we going to do that in a safe way, but still with some measured degree of risk, you know, it, it becomes a way of, of living, accepting the possibility that something that you very much want to participate in and a life experience you very much want to have may also be assuming a certain amount of risk. I don't know. I, it's probably still more dangerous to drive to the airport than any of these things, but it 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 seems so much more ominous going into mm-hmm. it. Uh, Morgan Eubank says, I live separately from my partner who teaches online and can seriously isolate. I work in public utilities and have to go to work. So we will both be doing Thanksgiving solo. We haven't oh. been within six feet of each other since March. Last year, we were lucky enough to be in Florence, where they don't do Thanksgiving, so we had Vietnamese food. This year, I will do Vietnamese food again, followed by a supreme bottle of Chianti while talking to him <laughs> on the phone. Oh, that's kind of sweet, that's but also sweet, sad. But also, yeah, here's hoping that we are going to we are beginning to look at the end of this. You know, fingers crossed mm-hmm. that we can begin to make sensible choices and move to a place of and you know also a program of rigorous vaccination and move to the obliteration. Now, obviously it'll still be around, but it'll be, it won't be the risk that it is now. Uh, right. Brigitte Seiler Olson. 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 Did I misspell it? I think I've been miscalling her Olson the entire time we've been doing this show. My apologies, Brigitte, if that's the case. At present, we are planning our regular Thanksgiving lunch with immediate family. Unfortunately, some of the extended family has health issues and will not be attending in person. Christmas will be the same. Instead of a big holiday lunch, each of us will bring a crock pot of soup for a nice low-key gathering. I'm still trying to decide what type of soup I'm going to make this year. Any suggestions? Tomato. Of course, this is subject to change. Remember to get your flu shot. Be safe. Be well. And Eric, as oh, you gumbo. mentioned earlier. Gumbo. gumbo. Make gumbo. Make chicken um, gumbo or regular uh, gumbo, seafood gumbo. I think that's my favorite kind of. It's not really soup, but it's soup adjacent. And you, uh, 
we did go and get our flu shots. That is something that we did. That was exciting. Yeah, that has been our one, and we did the 14-day count after we went to the doctor's office to get flu shots because it was kind of the only time we've been out. You know, we were exposed to each other, but we've both been inside the whole time, so there's no real risk there. But but going but to the doctor's we, office was... We didn't take masks off in each other's presence. We drove to the hospital, oh, no. the doctor's office, both wearing our masks in the car together. <laughs> I wore my mask and my face shield the whole time. Christopher put a picture of it up on uh, I did. social media with a... What was it? It was so funny. I'm ready for my flu shot, Mr. DeMille. Mr. DeMille. That, yes. That's what I'm it ready was. for my I flu shot, Mr. Was, DeMille. I finally became a meme after all these years. I thought that was really brilliant. It was very funny. And yes, I looked like everybody said it looked like I had an athletic cup on my face. But let's talk about those masks because you found them online. They purport to provide two way protection and they do look like the cup from a jock strap sitting over our, our, our faces. Well, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, it fits right over. It's the very same, it's kind of the similar shape. It's a little, it would be kind of a challenge, I have to say. You know, it's not, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm not sure it would fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it would be a dramatically smaller. I think if uh, one of those cups would actually cover most of my face. Like right. from my eyes all the way to my chin. But anyway, it, it still has a similar kind of look. And mine was red. Mine has a red cap on it. I got interchangeable caps so that I could be fashionable and be blue or I, black wait, or I didn't, red I or didn't white. I know this. You got interchangeable caps. We ordered the same mask. We should have had a mask strategy. There, there, was a, there are accessories that are available. I found them in Vanity Fair. Um, and there are accessories that are available. They're the O2 Canada, I think yes. it is. Um, they're Canadian masks, I guess, but they're, yeah. And they have, um, snap and filters. They're really amazingly effective. I took out my filter and all the little air holes were black in the filter. And I was like, well, that worked. Um, so, um, yeah, it looked like that. And then I wore the, the shield over that and then we wore gloves. So it was very, it was very, um, accommodated and very but yeah you could in addition to ordering additional filters you can order white red blue and black face coverings or you can order them that color to begin with but yeah, yeah and i guess part of this variety. is a certain style of mask or a class of mask that has an electrostatic filter that is you buy separately that that then fits into a part of it there's another version our friend nicholas gave us where it was a cloth mask essentially but you slide one of these electrostatic filters into it and i think they say you're supposed to change it every three days but with people who go outside as rarely as we do with these masks on i i calculate that it has a more extended life than that but yeah I keep, it it out, I, I keep it sealed up. I keep it sealed up, the cloth mask with mm -hmm. the filter in it. Uh, the mm -hmm. thing that they say is that the reason that you need to change them out every few days is because it loses its static charge to right. collect the particles. And so part of what they've suggested is keeping them sealed up so that the static charge is maintained. So mm -hmm. I just seal the whole mask up in a Ziploc every time I come home. And yeah, I have to say I don't do the every three days because literally I wear them for two to three minutes at a time to take mm -hmm. the recycling or get the mail or something. But that's about mm -hmm. as far as I go out into the world. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this, uh, this is this is an image. This is an image. I want you to get ready for Cindy Conforti, author of the Cindy uh, Conforti Rule of True right? Crime TV Club. And if you don't right? know what we're talking about, Cindy Conforti said she made the mistake of actually watching one of the specials we talk about for True Crime TV Club and found it to be the slowest, most repetitive thing she'd ever seen and said from here on out she would never watch them again. She would only listen to our accounts of them. And we support that. <laughs> wholeheartedly but for the holidays cindy says my family is huge so we've been gathering virtually all year we start a zoom call at a certain time and leave it open all day so people can just come and go as they please this sounds fantastic it's easier to accommodate everyone's schedules that way since the group is so large four kids plus spouses 11 grandkids some with spouses and 11 great grandkids we can't all fit on the screen at the same time on the Saturday after the holiday, we have a huge outdoor picnic with masks and social distancing, but at least we get to see each other. I think a Zoom where you can come and go as you please all day long, where you have That's like a window of time, of like a... when the cable company is going to show up, like between 11 and 4. You right? can have Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's kind of, that's a really great idea. I love that notion. I, you know, just sort of going in and sitting down for a while and chatting with people and then when you need a break, you could just wander off and be somewhere else and get you put some decoration or something in the frame so there's something interesting to look at holding your place. Have you or do done you actually log out of the Zoom? Do you log out of the Zoom and back ha- in? Yes, but you haven't done a Zoom since the- I have not done a Zoom. I was so put off by them initially because people were hacking into them. Mm-hmm. You remember that that happened yes, initially? I, yes. I guess they've taken care of it. I've heard no further news about it, but it really weirded me out. The idea of somebody yeah. listening in on your conversation in that way. I was just, I never really, we do FaceTime. We FaceTime the whole time we do this every week. I, I don't know how that's any different. Why not just do FaceTime? I think the number of people that you can add with Zoom is considerably large. It's really designed for meetings, whereas I don't know how many parties you can have on a FaceTime call. I'm sure somebody listening knows this, but I don't know if you can get up to 20 or 30 people. I Zoom don't know. is maybe limitless. I, I will say, yeah, there was a there were hackings in the beginning, and I think a lot of those people weren't using password protection on their Zoom conference calls, and so they did. But now there have been another wave of hackings as, as schools have started to use it or colleges have started to use it. Oh, I don't dear. know. I will tell you this about that. Here's what I thought was interesting. I did a large birthday party on Zoom. And because every if it's a large group, everyone is staring directly into their camera. If if let's just say the small talk veers in a direction that isn't exactly engaging, your reactions are right there for everyone to see. It's not like anyone. There's no other angle that you can really look at without conspicuously looking away from the screen. So it yeah, was, um, that seems a little problematic. Anyway, a few episodes ago, Eric Shawquin, I told you that I we had a Facebook comment from someone asking if we were going to alienate any new potential advertisers with our new spots on the podcast. And I now remember who that was. It was Angelina Farmer because she asked it on this thread and she was clearly making a reference to our joke that if you buy our books, you'll keep us from having an advertisement for a napkin that counts your calories inserted into the podcast. Angelina, I apologize for not mentioning you last time when I brought up your comment. You monster. I'm a terrible host. Just terrible. Angelina we love says, your party, people, despite what Christopher, how Christopher behaves. I know. We love. We do. We do. Even if we don't always show it because we're too busy talking about our snagged fingernails in our Christmas villages. And ourselves. 
Angelina Farmer says of the holidays this year, Thanksgiving and Christmas will probably be done with just me and the hubby since the kids grew up not too long ago. But our family tradition of giving a book on Christmas Eve will still happen. I love that tradition. This started to give the kids something to do so they didn't bug us about the other presents and has worked for a good many years. It's just going to be digitally this year instead of physical books, but that's okay. Not quite sure what will happen with Christmas Day. We might end up DHLing everyone their packages, and we know that some of them won't be waiting until Christmas to open them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hubby and I may make a trip back home for Thanksgiving. We sort of moved out of the U.S. back in 2015 for most of the year, spending only a few weeks at home in New Mexico at a time, or however long we can stomach it, which sadly is not long, as it's scary in the U.S. Indeed. But we're keeping an eye on the second wave of COVID and, of course, the election, and we'll make a decision based on that. Obviously, that was taken before the election took place. Um, so I, I feel like there's a trend so far in the comments, which is people are having reduced holiday celebrations this year. <laughs> I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Do you have a question or comment about this podcast? Then come share it with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dinner party show, no spaces, and we'll do our best to answer it on the show. Just watch out for our aggrieved manservant, Shea Butters. He moderates the page, and he's been known to talk smack about the two of us. Most of what he says about you is true, though. We can discuss this later. That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. So we've been seeing a lot of people who are definitely having reduced holiday celebrations this year. They're not taking the trip they plan to take. They're not exchanging physical uh, gifts. They're, they're exchanging digital gifts. They're doing various things. Meg Richards, not so. She's heading to Alaska to see her daughter. She's going to get a COVID test before she goes because apparently the state of Alaska requires that to enter. She's going to wear masks for the trip itself. Alaska Airlines leaves all center seats empty. Uh, she says, although my daughter Katie lives there, they will also be taking a test. And then we will have a second test midway through the visit. And we'll get to do photography, baking, and binging with my daughter will be a welcome treat. Just being uh, very careful before and during. Jealous. So laughed. Well, what an adventurer Meg is. Good for you. Yeah. I look forward to hearing after the holidays how all of everybody's plans turned out. But you got to start somewhere, and that seems like a plan. I guess it's probably um, preternaturally uh, easy to get holiday flights this season i guess so i've seen a social media post from airports that make them look as crowded as ever everyone's just masked you know like i've seen crowded gates and waiting areas now the flight frequencies might be reduced which means the individual flights are more crowded which is so great during a time of a pandemic yeah that's great i don't know i don't know i'm not but you I'm still not... got to run a business it is uh, you know i don't know if that's true or not but it's great to see people finding a way to participate however measuredly in their own holiday tradition. So good for you, Meg. Good Fingers for you, Meg. crossed and have a good holiday. On the other side, uh, we heard from Angela Robinson, who's actually dealing with a pre-existing medical condition that determines yeah. how she has to de- approach a lot Me of this. Too, she says, I'm in, a, I'm in a bubble due to a rare immune deficiency I found out about a year ago. 
I see my parents on occasion and talk while distanced. It's different with my siblings as a few began going out when the phased openings began. Since I have to be super diligent by barely leaving the house, anything we do won't be in person until all of us agree to have COVID tests to do so. I doubt my siblings will like that, though. Hmm. May just be me, my husband, and our dog for Thanksgiving and Christmas unless my family comes through with inventive ways to gather. Other gatherings done with extended family have been canceled due to COVID. So what is this, you know, inventive ways to gather? Like, I I don't, other than the sort of testing protocol that Meg described with her trip to Alaska, meeting outside, trying to stay socially distanced, you know, I I don't, in the beginning we heard about the... my um, sister-in-law and brother and nephew visit my parents through the windows. Oh, like the okay. windows are closed and they come, they live in one of those kinds of Southern houses where there's a two story front porch with columns on it. It's mm-hmm. not Terra, but it, you know, pretends to be. Um, yeah. And they go and stand on the porch and talk to them through the windows. Like, you know, so that they are not there together but separate. So it, it's a way of having a visit. And I, I guess that's the sort of creative way that, that people are a lot. Outside is certainly, I think, a popular choice of of being together in a way that isn't that isn't dangerous. I don't know. I'm not sure what other ways. I guess you could, I don't know, have adjacent bubbles or something. I don't I'm not sure what other inventive ways. People are creating to actually physically be together without physically being in danger to each other. I've got an, a, a pre-existing condition too, which is part of the reason I've just sort of opted out of trying mm-hmm. any of those things. But I guess if you're reasonably healthy, and I'm pretty healthy, I just have a heart condition. You so are healthy, yeah. I'm not doing healthy. that. So I'm not, you know, I'm just not. I just, I made a decision early on that I would just wait until I could be vaccinated and because they're working on that, it seems to be faster than than it might typically be. And so I thought it was worth waiting out. Mm-hmm. But our also, friend D and her son went out of town, and he, when he got back, he stayed in their guest house. They're fortunate enough to have one um, yeah. for 14 days before he could even come back in the main house. Yeah, that, I, that's, I, that's rough. Also, Blue, uh, you and I are equipped to deal with this emotionally and psychologically because in some respects we live like this a lot. We live alone. We work alone. Our lives don't depend on big social events. We don't go to concerts. We don't, you know, like I'm not saying it's easier for us necessarily, but we're in the habit of finding ways to entertain ourselves at home and to keep our brains occupied without necessarily being hit with a lot of outside stimulation. Yeah. I miss going to, um, I miss getting my hair cut I miss going to lunch, you know, and, and dinner, meeting friends for dinner and that sort of thing. Um, long walks mm-hmm. out in the world. Um, but for the most part, yeah, my life is remarkably unchanged. It has not, it has been easier for me. I will say that. I will right. actually, we are so much, I, we are so isolated all the time that it really has seemed like an easier thing to do. The holidays, though, are their own special challenge, which was why we thought we would talk about it, because even we do stuff at the holidays, um, though it is like we just go isolate in a different location. (laughs) 
<laughs> we we watched stuff together. The, the hardest thing this year is about we made a point to watch The Crown, the new season of The Crown every year when it came out. And this season it's coming out on November 18th and we're not going to be together. You, me and mom, yeah. we're going to have to watch it in our We're going to have to watch moms, it on our own is, and text about it. Beth Murphy Saluga writes, I really do not know what we're doing this year. My son-in-law is in the Air Force, and right now he's deployed, so I'm not sure when I'll be home. For the past 30 years, my family has gone to my sister's house for Christmas Eve, but last November, her husband received a new kidney, so last year we did not go. Because of COVID, I have not seen him or my sister since August 2019. I did not want to go to their house before the surgery and could not go after. Stupid COVID exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation no point. No yes. kidding. No Hating kidding. COVID. Uh, Deb G. I really don't know if anyone will be joining us for Thanksgiving this year. My mother-in-law can't travel anymore, and I don't know if my parents will want to come down. We've been opening our house on Thanksgiving to everyone for years, but that won't happen this year. My husband is a first responder. And they are concerned about unrest in November. So I don't even know if he will be home. He works Christmas night, but we will do our normal thing. I make a big breakfast, kids open presents, and it's very laid back from that point on. God, that sounds nice. I don't even cook anything unless it's simply heating up snacks. I used to do the big Christmas prime rib dinner, but I found I really enjoy the day so much more when I can spend it playing with the kids and relaxing. Building Legos and playing video games is a lot more fun than stressing about of the food and subsequent cleanup. Let's hear it for Legos. That sounds like a great plan. I, you know, any Christmas, that sounds like a pretty great plan. But yeah, I think it's just a matter of, it's just another day. You know, Christmas, day, there's a 25th every month. One of the things yeah. we've talked about that I've been keen on is given how things unfold, maybe we'll have Christmas in July, you know, like maybe we'll just have Christmas and Thanksgiving at different times when we actually can do it rather mm-hmm. than seeing it as a loss. We'll just see it as a postponement because it really is just about setting aside a day to celebrate together. And if that doesn't happen to be in December this year, well, what if it's a different day? Mm-hmm. Short but sweet, a comment from Jenny Bourne. 2020 seems like the right year to have the whole family sit on one side of the table, Last Supper style. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I I'm guess that. At least sure. you're all facing away. You're not facing each other. I guess that's I don't the... know. I think Jenny needs to explain in more detail. I'm not sure I understood her comment. Initially, when I read it, I thought it meant half of the family that would sit on the other side of the table the, the is the half that visits, and they won't be there. So the locals will just all be on... The people inside the bubble will all be on one side of the table. Maybe we could do Zoom Thanksgiving and all sit at our respective tables eating while we're yeah, right, facing totally. each other. That would be kind of the same thing. I-, I thought she meant everybody just sits on one side. You'd have to like leave a chair in between everybody to be a little more socially distant, but you wouldn't be facing each other, which I guess is part of the problem, but I don't know. Because you have to take off your mask to eat. And that's... What I keep reading. That was every few weeks. There's a terrifying editorial or opinion piece in the Washington Post from someone who contracted COVID. And the the last one I wrote was a guy who was like, I was patient. I was diligent. I went out to eat with my friends at a restaurant and we all took our masks off. 
and that's got to be how I got it. And that's how he got it. Now, Grant, now he was in a restaurant. He wasn't inside a bubble with family, you know. But And then there's the guy from Dallas who decided he'd had enough. And all of their family got together and they tore the masks off. And again, they had not been in a bubble. They had not been. They just gathered. And his father-in-law is dead. And like three of them got it. Oh, I'll tell you, God. the thing that I can't... I can't wrap my head around the thing that has been so strange is that why, because this happened, this was in his story, his, I think, mother-in-law tested positive, had no symptoms, barely at all, like nothing. And she's the age, approximate age of his father-in-law, but his father-in-law goes down for the count. It's like, it's just, it's, it's like, um, it's baffling. It's baffling, and it's like maybe the flu is this way, and we don't we don't pay as much attention well, the to the flu nationally. Well, the consequences seem less, yeah, are less, and we're not dealing with this kind of thing. But I, I will be interested to see how the flu plays out this season, given the precautions everybody's taking. Um, the southern hemisphere had almost no flu season; it had almost but, no flu activity. Yeah, and they, so that was their winter, and ours is coming. So we'll we'll see, but it has been really eye-opening to see how we infect one another all the time and the ways in which we become infected um, through surface contact and aerosolization or whatever you whatever you call it when you know through droplets in the air or whatever I guess we've all been getting stuff all the time from each other but because it's not deadly we don't really take as much note of it it's that's just true but let me let me say this. Nobody on this show, me especially, is saying that COVID is no more dangerous than the flu. That was no. not what I meant to say at all. I was just interested in whether or not the percentage of positive patients who are asymptomatic was similar with the flu virus. I think the thing that I've been reading about the flu recently is that the flu does travel on surfaces a bit more effectively than COVID does, which is why they're very much about everybody getting a flu vaccine. The flu vaccine will hang out on a doorknob longer than a COVID sneeze well necessarily and it's why they're saying the disinfecting surfaces during flu season is important you know well i've been doing that right along yeah nobody is saying like covid is deadly so the reason it it is more so much more deadly than uh, the flu and so much more apparently communicable yeah than the flu right because, like, I, whether or not it can be aerosoled on you in quite the same way, whether or not the flu can be aerosoled. The thing that they said or that, you know, the, the media doctors that you see on television all the time, like Dr. Sanjay Gupta and the like, they said in the beginning, the advice that we were giving people in March and those, those first scary months of the pandemic was the catch-all respiratory infection advice. You know, social distancing and washing of hands is really par for the course with, any, with something like the flu. Because it can travel along surfaces easily, because it can be coughed or sneezed onto rocks, all that sort of stuff. And so the hypervigilance around food packaging in the beginning came out of that instinct, which is this is what we know about previous respiratory viruses, even though our knowledge about COVID isn't necessarily complete yet. As they, as they did more studying of COVID and how it behaves and how it acts, that's when the mass mandates came down. That's when they realized the extent to which it was, it was aerosol-borne and how communicable it was just through being around somebody who was exhaling it and super spreader events, all that sort of stuff. They started fine-tuning their COVID-specific advice for that reason. But, um, I, you know, I, I think the thing that, that I relaxed around was the food packaging. 
because it just seemed like in the beginning everybody there was Sanjay Gupta was doing demonstrations on CNN where put have a clean area of your counter and a dirty area of your counter and take the groceries out and wipe them down and whatever. I think people are are relaxing around that. Like Dr. Lucy Jones, who I call America's seismologist, used to be our foremost earthquake scientist. I love here in, Lucy yeah. Jones. Yes, she said that you know on her podcast, which is about her her institute that is about take getting people to take science seriously and not be afraid of it or overwhelmed by it uh the 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 failure of leadership also resulted in in mixed messages but a lack of clarity around the messaging and her slogan which i shared with you was don't share your air right i love that don't share yeah. air don't and share that your seems air. to be and that but that's so like threatening i also do the other stuff like i you know like i unpack the groceries and then i wash my hands and i don't touch my face until i do like i right. still have a margin of the original advice in place maybe not as extreme as initially but but still you know like i think all of it like i always say um Thousands of people uh, got infected yesterday and none of them got infected in my living room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I try and keep a safe space for myself because that's what I can do. The rest of the world kind of outside of my ability to control, but I can at least do what I can to have a safe space for myself. Right. And I guess that's what everybody is trying to do. The challenge with the holidays is that you want to include people in your life um, to uh, to make, sh- you know, to make the holidays more special. That's part of the celebration. I just I'm prepared to wait until next July or whatever. Yeah. July yeah, after um, yeah. in order to do that for me. Yeah. One last comment from our party people. This is from Rachel Haley. She says the holidays for her will be the same as always, except I will not be able to have Christmas Eve dinner with my mom since she's in a nursing home that recently had a COVID outbreak. Oh, dear. I hope she's okay. I guess I'll just drop off her presents a few days early since they will have to be quarantined for 48 hours. I assume she's talking about the presents that they they keep them. Yeah, I guess so. Then I'll FaceTime with her on Christmas morning. My husband's birthday is on Thanksgiving this year, so we will be celebrating both at his mom's and we'll have Christmas dinner there as well. I will be doing all of the cooking for both holidays as usual. Our sympathies, Rachel, that is. Right. No break for Rachel. Extra work and no break and you don't get to see your mom. Well, I hope your mom is okay, Rachel. An outbreak at her, her nursing home sounds really scary. Absolutely. Um, We want to thank everybody who responded to that. We want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, which is coming up very soon on the horizon and hope that your holiday plans uh, that you were able to make go safely and leave everybody healthy and well. We have a holiday special uh, coming up. We have the Thanksgiving special in the next episode. It's our first Thanksgiving double stuffed special serving of Christopher and Eric's True Crime TV Club. And if you're familiar with What Science or What's Spooky, which we did recently, Eric will be serving up one special. I will be serving up another and one. So twice the True Crime TV Club mystery. Absolutely. Eric because will the, be. We're celebrating our abundance. It's Thanksgiving. Eric will be serving Homicide for the Holidays, Season 1, Episode 1, entitled A Deadly Thanksgiving. And (laughs) I will be serving up Murder Comes to Town, Season 2, Episode 3, 
Who Killed Thanksgiving, and our usual disclaimers for True Crime TV Club apply. As always, you are not obligated, or nor should you feel pressured to watch the episodes we're going to discuss in advance, because our job is to serve them up in such detail that you will feel like you watched them even if you hadn't. And we'd also remind you of the Cindy Conforti rule again. She says she made the mistake of watching one of the episodes we discussed and found it way, way, way below the standards of our recitation of it, if you will. <laughs> we love talking about that comment from Cindy Conforti. Well, it really cracked us up because it was like, okay, we got it. That was very, it was very candid. It was a very candid comment. Also, we've got the Wednesday question coming up, just like always this Wednesday. So stay tuned. Check out the Facebook page and weigh in. We uh, we love hearing back from you, and we'll report on our findings when we get back around to recording more episodes. Um, What else, Christopher? You're making a face. Is something? I'm making a face because I'm looking at my notes for our next episode, and I miss I misapplied. I wrote the wrong episode number, and you know how I am about lists being accurate. I'm very OCD, deep at heart. Anyway, so I apologize to you, Eric. Even though nobody who's listening to us would have known about this mistake if I hadn't just repeated it aloud on the podcast. So yes, it's 52. Is the next episode? episode I think it's 52. 52. Yeah, and I was going to remind people. Was our fiftieth. We did our Hawaii special. Right, absolutely, and we didn't mention it all during that episode that it was our fiftieth episode. By the way, I don't think, but we're saying it now. So happy belated fiftieth episode to us, and just a reminder to everyone: if you've heard our prior episodes about a thirty-year-old unsolved homicide here in Los Angeles, the murder of William Newton, episode thirty-seven, and I believe a subsequent episode to that that was about three episodes back. Uh, which has William Newton in the title, if you're searching for it. We will be updating, and we want to thank people who have gotten in touch with us with tips and recollections. We have an email address set up, William2LsNewton, with a T, investigation at gmail.com. That's all one word with no spaces or underscores. And, of course, the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page is a place for that as well. We do have new information. We're in the process of assembling an episode, and we will probably have an update for you before the end of the calendar year. Uh, and I think that is all of the business we have for you today. Until all next All the housekeeping. Week. all the Thanks for the great suggestions. And, you yes. know, the holidays are coming is sort of the point of the episode. And it may not be the holidays that you're used to, but it's still the holidays, right? Make them special. Make a plan and make them special for yourself because you're worth it and you deserve it, right? Like it's Absolutely. been a hard year and you deserve something nice. So do something nice for yourself, even if it's just being in your own house, like um, we're going to be, or if uh, you can manage to include family members, that's all the better. But take good care of yourselves and uh, get ready for a great holiday. We'll be back with our double-stuffed Thanksgiving episode next uh, next time. Absolutely. And until then and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Thanks. This is TDPS.